This is the Comic Book Kaiju Podcast, a discussion podcast talking all about comics, where we love comics and you should too. On today's episode, I have a very special guest, Mr. Brandon Ingram, all the way from Dismay Comics. And we're going to be talking all about Dismay Comics today on the show. Brandon, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thank you for joining me. And I want to let everybody know that they can find Dismay Comics. All the links are going to be in our show notes, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later. But before we begin, I wanted to tell everybody about Magic Mind, which is a productivity drink that I've been drinking. Um, Magic Mind, right now, they're doing a, a campaign called 14 Days of Magic, hashtag 14 Days of Magic, where it's all about change and how you're going to do a better productive self. So for me... I've been trying to eat better, been trying to walk more, just trying to be healthier overall in general. Uh, Brandon, is there anything specifically that you do uh, being a comics creator for energy, just kind of like a pick me up or productivity boost on your side? Uh, I try to emphasis on try. I try to walk (laughs) a lot. Ah. Um, But yeah, there's always other ways I can get a better energy boost. Yeah. Uh, Well, this energy boost that I'm speaking of specifically is magic mind. It's got all natural ingredients, very good for you. And right now with this hashtag 14 days of magic campaign, our listeners can actually, whatever content that you create with the hashtag 14 days of magic, it actually enters you into a contest where you can win a one to three month subscription of magic mind. Um, And all you have to do is just go to our, the link in our show notes, magicmind.co slash 14 days of magic. And use the discount code Kaiju14. That's K I, I'm sorry, K A I J U 14. And that'll just enter you in. I will actually select the winner at the end of it, but it's just hashtag 14 days of magic. That's all you need. And it's a better, kind of more productive you. So just want to let everybody know that is a, um, a thing that they're doing. And actually, Magic Mind is cool because they're uh, donating to the Amazon rainforest, trying to be kind of a healthier planet, healthier body. So I'm digging everything that Magic Mind is doing. I'm also digging everything that Brandon Ingram is doing over at Dismay Comics. And um, this is the specific comic that we're going to be talking about today. But I'll let Brandon talk about uh, the company in general. But the specific one we're going to be talking about today, Dismay Avenue issues one and two, which is a psychological horror anthology for different comic artists, five psychological and cosmic horror stories. A hundred plus pages of pure terror. And we're just coming off Halloween, uh, Brandon. So how did you kind of get started with Dismay Comics? How did the, uh, the, the what was your Dismay Comics origin story? So kind of the origin story of Dismay Comics was I started as a hobby writing screenplays right out of high school. Like I loved Ooh. writing screenplays. Um entered some into contests. Sometimes there was good results, sometimes not so good results, but (laughs) I I got a lot of feedback, some constructive criticism. Um, And eventually I, there were a bunch of ideas that I had where I was like, I could make these like short as short films or as uh, uh, low budget feature length movies, but low budget in the Hollywood sense. Cause something like my, my, uh, story gallows, man, like you need like a $500,000 budget on that, oh, which is yeah. low for Hollywood, but for little old me, it's like, no, that's, I'm not going to see that type of money. Right. Um, 
So it was kind of one of those things where it's like, I want to see these creations as well as more creations, more stories that I, I make. I want to see those in some way and it not be limited as well. Cause with a budget or anything, it's limited. Whereas mm. with, when it comes to making comics in the page and the artwork, the sky's the limit. Really the, the page is the limit, but right. it's limitless basically with what it can look like. Because here's an example of Avengers Endgame, like the, the last fight scene, awesome fight scene, grand fight scene, probably cost them 50 to a hundred million dollars just on that <laughs> fight scene. Right. The problem is I still like that fight scene, but 20 years from now, there's going to be people looking back, Nick picking here and there, like, Hey, like the CGI doesn't look so good here, that sort of stuff, because CGI just keeps getting better and better and better where right. you'll go back and nitpick something that was 50 to a hundred million dollars to make that 10 minute scene. <laughs> Whereas with comics, this type of art form, you don't really see that it, it is ultimately like not, not comparing my comics or comics as a whole to like going in a museum and looking mm. at beautiful art pieces, but right. it's similar to that um, right. to where it will hold up <clears throat> the stories, the artwork, it will hold up and it's a lot cheaper than making those big movies. <laughs> um, so, so that's why I eventually, got into like like not as much film script stuff but more comic script stuff making comic mm. scripts and making comics and and finding artists on deviant art uh i haven't used it yet but facebook groups are a good way uh, i found a couple cover artists on instagram oh nice. And that's kind of how that started and then once the comics started again made uh it was basically like okay well i need a, a title for this series like for example disney avenue i was like i need a title for this like some sort of horror anthology thing and eventually three four hours i eventually came up with disney avenue um and then within like 10 to 15 minutes i came up with the brand name the mm -hmm. company name or whatever you want to call it disney comics basically pulling a dc comics doing the detective <laughs> comics dc comics i did that with disney avenue nice. disney avenue <laughs> Disney comics. And so that's kind of the origin of how Disney comics came about. Nice. And right now, like you said, Disney Avenue is the one that you're currently, you have your current, your Kickstarter going on right now, right? Um, it just yes. started. Uh, why don't you give us some more uh, details on the Kickstarter? So all of our listeners and our watchers can, uh, can go support you over there. Yeah. So the Kickstarter is for both issues one and two. And like was mentioned earlier, it's over 100 pages of comics with those two issues. They're not standard size issues, not 22 pages, not 32 pages. Also, that doesn't count ads and stuff, because whenever you look at DC or Marvel, they say, hey, 32 page comic. Probably like seven to 10 of those pages are ads. Mm. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, you get a ton of comics with that. But the Kickstarter is running from now till November 18th. November ah. 18th, noon central standard time. So basically like little more than two weeks currently at the time of recording. So uh, if people are interested, this is definitely the time to get in. Cause I also want to mention with this, uh, you're not going to be able to get these comics anywhere else. Ah. Um, I don't have an online store. I don't plan on getting an online store. I, I like the Kickstarters to feel like a, 
kind of an exclusive event, something yeah. special. Right. It's maybe isn't the best business model, but I like that. <laughs> I, I like I like people being able to like feel like a Kickstarter is an event because it kind of is. Right. Um, and also getting in on the ground floor, I think, mm. is awesome. Um, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. So there, there's that. And with these comics, issue one of Disney Avenue, pretty much the whole issue is one story. It's a 40 page mm. story and then a one page backup. But it's kind of like a comedy horror to alleviate some of the stuff you just read. Uh, but the main story is program. It follows a couple, Ben and Mia, who go on a date night to a movie theater that's on the outskirts of town. And it's pretty much empty. Like there's no one in the parking lots. It's a huge cineplex. Parking lot's dead. Inside the lobby, it's just the two concessions, teenagers, and some kind of shady looking guy with his hoodie pulled over off in the corner not saying or doing anything. Um, and it's them wanting to go see this movie, but things start just getting creepy as it goes along. Um, and the first third of this story is completely true. Like it's a date that I had with a girl. Um, <laughs> and basically it was just like a, a what if story, basically like what if it went this direction, this insane psychological horror direction so i love that story the artwork is amazing jade sky knocks out of the park uh very much gives that surreal atmospheric art style because that's what the story really needs and calls for um so that's issue one there's also a one page backup in that called alternate reality which is it, it's almost like a rick and morty idea before i knew <laughs> about rick and morty pretty much take humans and trees and switch places. So you have sentient trees and you have humans that are basically like non-sentient, like planted in the ground. Um, it's a five panel page that is funny and stupid and I love it. Um, so that, that one page alleviates some of the creepiness you read <laughs> in the previous story. Um, so nice. that's issue one. Then issue two, you got four stories totaling, 60 pages in comics, over 60 pages in comics, just in the second issue. Um, the four stories, the first one's Tolls the Bells, follows a little boy who has to stay after school because he got in trouble and creepy stuff just starts happening. Like teachers aren't around and stuff. And that's where like the, the fears of isolation and different stuff just start kicking in from there. And it's really good. Um, the, also the artwork for that is, uh, amazing if if you like manga or you like black and white art that one is specific because it's very much like that and it's heavily inspired by manga because i i really like uh junji ito he does Ooh. he did stuff like uzumaki and, and all kinds of other stuff but uh the story and the artwork very influenced by junji ito and i'm not saying it is one for one for junji ito but when you read it and you see that art, it's like, holy crap. Some of these creatures are like, dang, this is like Junji Ito level, basically. Nice. Um, so there's that one. Then there's Raw Horror, which is also done by Jade Sky, who did the movie theater one. And that one follows a military soldier waking up at his house, kind of unsure of his environment. Um, very creepy story. Third story is Destination, follows a little girl going to a thrift shop with her mom and she finds 
as she's wandering around in the thrift shop because she's like, I want to get out of here. And the mom's like, just go look around. <laughs> leave, leave <laughs> me, let me let me look around. Uh, little girl finds this mystical looking like musical triangle and she finds it and she's like, huh, this is interesting. And when she strikes it, she gets sent to another dimension. Uh, not the Beastie Boy song, not another dimension. <laughs> not um, she gets sent to another dimension and super creepy, all kinds of stuff happens. And each time she strikes it, more and more creepy stuff happens. Um, so that's Destination. And then the last story from issue two is Acolyte, which is like a Dr. Seuss type art style. That's something to keep in mind with all of these stories. All are very different, very unique art styles. And Acolyte is very much like a Dr. Seuss type art style because it starts out feeling kind of like a Dr. Seuss story. The main character's name is Mr. Hinklehorn, very much like a Dr. Seuss type name. And Mr. Hinklehorn waking up, going about his day, and you see in his daily life, he just is taking crap from everyone, like at the office, at the store, on his commute back home, all this stuff, all kinds of stuff happens. And all while it's happening, he just keeps a big smile on his face and is just like, thank you, sir, or, or have a nice day. It's like something's up with Mr. Hinklehorn. <laughs> um, and as the story progresses, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, something is definitely up with Mr. Hinklehorn. <laughs> yeah. And, and this isn't spoiling anything, but I, I don't want people to think the obvious he's not a serial killer i don't want you to think the obvious route with this um but yeah so those are the the stories within issues one and two again over 100 pages of comics you can get these for pretty cheap for a kickstarter issue one you can get digitally for five bucks issue two uh issues one and two digitally for just nine bucks again over 100 pages of comics physical copies start at eleven dollars uh there's some retail bundles there's a big creator value bundle where I'll do a Zoom consultation with you as well as uh, you get to see my scripts and different stuff and see if, hey, like this guy's worth his salt or like, hey, this guy sucks at writing <laughs> to see that. Um, and then there's also an exclusive Disney Avenue T-shirt um, mm -hmm. that people can get. So you can get the comics and the T-shirt or if you don't care about comics, which is weird. You're listening to <laughs> podcast, but if for some reason you don't like comics, you can get the t-shirt on its own. Nice. Very nice. And I encourage everyone. I actually got a chance to read both issues of Disney Avenue and it's something that I'm, I'm not a big horror guy, um, but I like the twilight zone. I like those yes. type of psychological, like makes you think and like, Oh, what if I was in that situation? Not necessarily like, Oh, I'm trying to just scare you. Um, so I really enjoyed both issues and especially the, the movie theater, like you said, the very first yeah. issue, um, I could put myself in your shoes. You had that experience, but kind of like, Whoa, this would be very creepy if I was in that, uh, situation. Was that a first date or was that a, um, that was uh, like a second or third date. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of like on top of the creepiness, but also a weird like awkwardness because you're not necessarily like with that person yet. Um, so I was thinking kind of like when I first started dating my wife, 
I kind of put myself in that perspective of, oh, okay, what if I was with her and then these things started happening and she's, she's very much into horror, true crime, stuff like that. So this would, yeah. this would be right up her alley. So I, I actually going to uh, pass this on to her as well, awesome. but I, I loved, um, like I said, that story and the the anthology nature of the second one and the dismay comics in general. I think it just gives you so many options of just like the Twilight Zone, like, oh, OK, I can go on to the next story. I, I can kind of experience all of these things instead of just being necessarily one thing. So I think that's great. And I think all of our listeners and people, anyone who is watching this, anyone who is listening to the sound of my voice, you will enjoy these uh dismay comics so a hundred percent they get my recommendation so i would highly recommend everyone go over to our kickstarter right now and support it because like brandon said this is a very limited time this is kind of an exclusive thing and i think you're definitely on the right path of making it you know a timed limited thing so you have to go right now you have to kind of make that urgency to go there and i was always like supporting independent creators like yourself so i'm glad that we're able to have this conversation. We're able to kind of let everybody know that dismay is out there. And like I said, we, we're going to have links, links in our show notes and everything like that. Um, but I also wanted to get, before we end our conversation, Brandon, I did also want to get your, not just your um, creation origin story, but also your, as a reader origin story, how did you get into comics originally? What was like, do you have any fond memories of the first comic you ever read or how did you kind of get into it initially? Yeah. So I think like the, there's two kind of first comics that I remember. First thing I remember I was six or seven years old and I went to a yard sale and this guy had a shoebox full of comics. They were like from the seventies and eighties. It was Superman, amazing Spider-Man and, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and I bought that shoebox of comics for like 10 bucks then and read through most of them like within a couple months and, and just loved it. And that's what kind of initially got me into it. Then I went to the mall like maybe a year or two later for back to school shopping. And we were there was a Spider-Man T-shirt and I was like, oh, I want this. But that wasn't the reason I wanted it. I didn't want it for the shirt. I don't know if some mall clothing stores still do this. Sometimes they'll have like a toy attached to the, the t-shirt or, or the clothing item for little kids. And this time they had a comic book and the comic book was ultimate Spider-Man number one. It Ooh. wasn't like first print. If it was first print, like I'd be kicking myself right now, <laughs> not having it. Right. But it, it was, it was a reprint, but, uh, but yeah, like those two were kind of the, first initial comic memories I remember having because I got it I got that t-shirt just for Ultimate Spider-Man number one read it loved it and yeah I've just kind of been into comics since I got into like picking up floppies or picking up trades like back to back to like read a whole story instead of just one random issue and a random arc whenever I was right. a kid which I think that's a good start for kids because it gets you into it but I didn't start reading monthly, basically, until like high school, whenever New mm. 52, Batman, oh, yeah. came out, like Scott gotcha. Snyder stuff, basically. Ooh, nice. You got into it in a, in a really, really good time. Um, there was a lot of creativity that was kind of bubbling around um, at that point. 
Um, anything that you're uh, currently enjoying as far as, even if it's not comics, anything that you, uh, entertainment wise, that you're kind of enjoying at the moment? So currently, uh, I just, I ordered it like three months or three weeks ago. It finally came in a couple of days ago. Uh, it was the box set of Clerks, the animated show. It was Ooh. only like six episodes long because it yes. got canceled very right. early. Um, I watched that. I pretty much really like it because I like all the Clerks movies. Uh, I don't like Mallrats, but like the Clerks trilogy I like. Mm, um, nice. And, and there's commentary on every episode too. It's funny. Yeah. I watched that from front, start to back. And then I watched it with the commentary just cause there's so few episodes, but yeah, I, I love that series. I'm probably going to do that sometime in the next week or two is watch all the commentary stuff because yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was one of those things where it was like, it's kind of ahead of its time. Cause it was like oh, 2000 yeah. mm-hmm. and some of the episodes and stuff. It's like, I don't think people could have got it back then, but you watch it now. Right. It's like, Oh, this is really good. Yeah, um, that and then I'm on a huge like Superman binge. Like Superman's mm-hmm. my favorite comic character, nice. and I've just been rereading as well as reading new Superman books to kind of find what my favorite Superman book is. Because back in high school, I thought it was All Star Superman, and mm. All Star Superman is good. Don't get yes. me wrong; it's probably still in my top. It's definitely in my top ten. Might even still be in my top five Superman books. But then. Recently, I read uh, Tom King's Superman Up in the Sky. It was like oh. a Walmart book and then got put in trade. Yes. I read that recently. Love it. I love it. And I was like, man, this is really good. I'm, that That's what kickstarted me going back and reading older Superman stuff that I read. So I was like, I got to pick up All-Star Superman again. This book, that is my favorite Superman book. And I reread All-Star Superman. I was like, this was good. But Tom King's Superman Up in the Sky was better. Ooh. So it was like a fracture in my mind. I was like, <laughs> now I'm on the search to see what is my favorite Superman book. Um, currently, I'm almost done with Superman for all seasons. I'm, I'm rereading it. I love it. So far, nothing has beat Superman Up in the Sky. Oh, it's still man. number one. Kingdom Come is like very close. Kingdom Come is very close to it, but... By technicality, I don't know if I can say it's a Superman book. Kingdom Come is amazing, but it feels more like a Trinity book or a Justice League book. Yeah. Um, I do love it. But uh, so far, Superman Up in the Sky is my favorite Superman book. Now, if it gets dethroned, I'm fine by that. But I'm I'm still trying to see. Yeah. Actually, you know what? If it does get dethroned, uh, no matter what it is, DM me. And I'll have you back on the show and we'll talk about it because I actually really would like to. Uh, I, I also am a huge Superman fan, also a huge Tom King fan. So oh, yeah, anything same. he has written, his whole Batman run, like I just I love everything. And, and everything that he's doing right now that's coming out, anytime I just see his name, I'm like, all right, I got to pick that up because I'm going to like it no matter what. He has not let me down so far. So, yeah, that that's great to hear. Um, yeah, Tom King is in. I was going to say Tom King is in my top three comic writers. Like I love Tom King stuff. I haven't finished all of his Batman run. I've just read like the first volume and then the war of jokes and riddles. Uh, oh, so Dang, I, I got to read yeah. that, but everything else I've read and I've loved because he is a master. Yeah. I, again, I haven't finished the Batman run, but when it comes to 12 issue maxi series or less, he's a, he's a master at it. Like yes. no one has toppled that, that form 
to me. Tom King's the best at it. A hundred percent. His vision book at Marvel was amazing. Yes. One of my favorite comics of all time. Um, his Mr. Miracle run, like you're, yes. you hit it right on the head. The 12 issue series is like his bread and butter. That is perfect um, encapsulation of Tom King's uh, creativity and art. So I'm a hundred percent with you, but I'm glad, like you said, um, that you're kind of going through and re-examining all those classics. Cause yeah, it's, it's, you know, it changes um, just like any with movies or with TV shows, like any art form that has um, writing in it. It's like, it's even with movies, the acting style, it changes from decade to decade. And so yeah, yeah. You, you look back and go back to those um, comics and it's like, I have fond memories of things like ultimate Spider-Man, like things like that, but do they hold up to my expectations today? It's actually like that with video games too. I was thinking about it. Um, you play a game and the, like you said, with the CGI earlier in the show, it ages it because of the visuals, but is the gameplay still there? Is the story still there? Those are things that age with time with video games. And so, yeah, it's, it's always interesting to go back and revisit your classic ones or things you, that you loved um, growing up. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very happy that, that, uh, you told that story. And, and like I said, if you find something that dethrones it, definitely come back on the comic book Kaiju and and we will talk about it. Um, excellent Brandon. Well, I'm glad that, like I said, that you were able to join us today and that you have the Kickstarter going on right now. And I want to let everybody know that it is live. We're going to have the link in our show notes. Definitely check it out. Support Brandon and Dismay Comics. I 100% recommend it. And um, actually, anything else you want to plug while you're here? Uh, I'd say just uh, check out the Kickstarter, Dismay Avenue number one and two. Again, uh, it's it ends November 18th at noon Central Standard Time. So you got a limited amount of time, and it's only going to be available on the Kickstarter. So if you want these books, as well as if you want to check out... Uh, my my other series, The Gallows Man, I do Kickstarters for it, but there's not Kickstarter going right now. But you can order the Disney Avenue books and within the add-on section, like whenever you're clicking a tier on Kickstarter, in the add-on section, the Gallows Man books are there. So if people are interested in getting their spooky, scary stories and then relieving that by reading some Golden Age, Silver Age uh satire parody superhero books um you can read that as well and it, it's not like poking fun at at that genre i i love golden age and silver age superhero stuff it's i mean maybe it's poking fun a little bit but i do love that stuff so i'm not like crapping all over superheroes like i love garth ennis but i'm not pulling a garth ennis by crapping all over <laughs> right excellent Well, thank you very much again for joining us, Brandon. And thank you, listeners, for joining us on another episode of the Comic Book Kaiju. As always, Brandon Ingram loves comics, and you should, too. Comic Book Kaiju.